We're very focused on on our consumers' experience and on building a community of people that maybe have thought one way about sex toys and now they think differently after their experience with us. Hello, everyone. I'm SX Noir, and this is the Thought Leader Podcast. With industry thought leaders, this podcast aims to demystify and destigmatize topics in sex, culture, and technology. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. The opinions expressed by the guests of Thought Leader Podcast are their own. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I was dying to have a sex toy on. I need a sex toy. We need to talk about sex toys. You can't talk about sex tech without talking about sex toys. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's the, is that the tech in it? <laughs> I, I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. Um, so why don't we get into who you are and what you do in the sex tech space? Sure. My name is Alicia Sinclair and I am the CEO of COTR, which is the parent company of brands B-Vibe, LaWand and the Cowgirl. And in 2015, um, my life was like magic. I became a certified sex educator after being in the pleasure products industry for over a decade and really understanding that there was a huge missing link between sex education and marketing, branding, and development of sex toys. Like what it is today is is completely different. Um, And there was really nothing that linked the two at the time. Um, And there wasn't a lot of inclusivity. in all ways, right? Like different, you know, body types on packaging, different colors, different like ethnicities, different genders, different like it was just kind of all. So anyway, my my goal really with all of our brands and you'll see that you'll see it in it's a it's in the fabric of the company culture is education and inclusivity and really great design and quality products. Hell yeah, you guys are luxurious, um, rechargeable, vibrating toys with pleasure in mind for all bodies. I love that. Always. <laughs> I love that. I remember. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Because I remember seeing you all's uh, B vibe. Um, I think that's the butt, the anal one. Oh, everybody right? has a butt. Yeah. Yes. That was such a sick campaign. I love that campaign. That was sick. And a lot of other campaigns have looked pretty similar to that afterwards. It was kind of interesting. Listen. Yeah listen it's it's like yeah so could you go into a little bit of what um a pleasure product is you've been in the game for a while and i think our listeners would enjoy kind of that breakdown of like what what makes a pleasure product well i mean a pleasure product to me is anything that brings pleasure to you right an outside Mm -hmm. third-party source um and that can be anything from a pair of basic nipple clamps or handcuffs you know to you know, a uh, remote control, like functioning, but you know, butt plug that has vibration and rotation. You know, it can, it's really anything on the spectrum. It could be a cowgirl sex machine that is a rider on t- top style, you know, powerful as a lawnmower or, you know, something very small like a bullet vibe. So it's pretty wide range of um, tools that essentially help you or elevate your pleasure experience. How long have you been, have you always been in the sexual space? Uh, Were you in a space before that? Like, give me the background of who Alicia is and how she got into sex. What's, what's happening there? So I never intended 
this as a career, as a lot of folks may probably, some people like know what they want to do. But at the point, you know, when I graduated from college, I had a liberal arts degree. I uh, moved to Los Angeles where my sister was living and basically answered a Craigslist ad that was looking for a receptionist that was open-minded. And my ultimate plan was to go back to school at USC and get a master's degree. I wanted to do international business, funny enough. Um, but in the process of becoming a receptionist and like understanding what that open-minded meant working at a sex toy uh, manufacturer, um, I like found a home there. I started as a receptionist and at that time, so it, this is my, I believe, 21st year in the industry. So it's been a couple decades. And, and back then, as I shall say, um, there weren't a lot of a women, a very, very few women in the industry. And there definitely weren't a lot of college educated folks in the business. So mm-hmm. it was, um, it was a, like kind of a prime time because again, timing is everything, but I started and I was enthusiastic and I was ambitious and, you know, I was like really good at my job and I was able to very quickly um, sort of like move up the ranks. So I genuinely started at the bottom as a receptionist. Then I became an administrative assistant, then an executive assistant. And then I actually took a huge pay cut and moved to another company and became a sales assistant and then an account manager and then a VP of sales. And then, you know, this is now we're spanning, you know, over 10 years. And, you know, at the point, I had worked for a company that had been acquired. I was somewhat thinking of getting out of the business. I had two friends that were like, that would be, you know, like such a waste of talent and, you know, knowledge. And I was already going to school to become a certified sex educator. So my passion was going to continue in that direction because I really loved the industry. Once I got into it and I met the people and like, you know, did business with, I was like, I really like how people are just real in this business. And it's not an easy career choice uh, for a number of reasons, right? Like how people treat you, alienate you. Uh, at that time when I was in the business, you really didn't tell people what you did. You kind of danced around it. So in any case, I ended up founding a company with two really good friends. And that's how COTR was started. And now here I am. <laughs> it's well, uh, eight years, <laughs> eight years in the uh, COTR. So. You do dance around it. I think that's see that I think that's really interesting because whenever anyone asks me what I do, I'm like, oh yeah, I work in culture. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I work in technology because it can be so draining. Um, it can be so draining to have to explain something that's so attached to stigma and and some people their internal feelings around shame. Has it caused any rifts in your relationships working in the sex industry? Um, it has mostly around sex toy use. And that, which is interesting because earlier in my, like when I was, I would say maybe like, you know, when I first started and I was very pro sex toys, I grew up in a super religious house, but like pretty much as soon as I discovered that like wands or massagers that I you can buy like in Rite Aid or whatever, I like understood that those could be like multi-purpose. Like <laughs> a boyfriend of mine, like actually like introduced me to the idea of it. And I was you know, I was, that was it. Like, so my, my, but I always, you know, as I introduce, you know, maybe dildos or different types of toys, like there would be like sort of penis envy involved around me having like penis shaped products. And that would cause a little bit of a rift, but my actual career and what I did, I think my family was more 
turned off by it than any like romantic relationships. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I have a few people on the podcast. I have uh, one friend who's ex-Mormon. I have another person who also grew up really Catholic. There's something about that religion that just makes you want to makes you want to not necessarily rebel, but seek that pleasure because pleasure in itself is activism. Exactly. It is. Like, as I tell everybody all the time, like the career choice that we've taken is a political act. You know, you're rebelling against essentially everything religious and much government (laughs) of what you've sort of been told you should do and how you should act. But I'm also ex-Mormon. Yeah. So are you really? Yeah, (laughs) there is something about that. Like, I think it's that repressive nature and it's like you either thrive in it or you absolutely rebel against it and that wasn't for me I couldn't you know to idea that like women don't have I think like I mean they'll say it otherwise but my belief is that women really didn't have any rights or autonomy and so that Mm -hmm. was never gonna work for me No, we need to, we we deserve our own orgasms. We deserve to have pleasure when we want. And I do think there's this stigma of having toys in the bedroom. You know, I first of all, I love to have a few toys in the bedroom. I think it's time to play. I think that sex toys bring us back to that inner child of like this is controversial, yes. but that inner child of pleasure of like, oh my god, I get to play, I get to play, and how do I want to play today, and how do I want to have fun with my partner? And as you said, these toys have multi uses. You know, it's not it's for the clitoris, it's for the vagina, but it's also for the penis and for balls and for all these different parts of the anatomy. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I always tell people like, just spell it out: adult toys. Like we use it and we don't really think about it, but they really are toys for adults you know they're like ways they're novelty they're fun they like allow us to explore bodies some stuff you don't like some stuff's not for you and then there's other stuff that is and it's just adding to this sort of otherwise you know if you're just doing the same thing or you know somebody like me and I know a lot of people can relate you can I mean I can have an orgasm without a pleasure product. It just takes a lot longer and it might not mm-hmm. be as strong. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that I can't have normal sex as I've heard many people refer to it. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't need to have normal sex if it means it's going to take a lot of time and not feel as good. <laughs> I'm cool with it. And it's also because it's like, you know, uh, people with clitoris, we can just like come and come and over and over and over. So it's just like yeah. having that toy helps that. And there's this myth. Now, is it a myth or not that you become desensitized in your clitoris when you use sex toys? So you don't become desensitized. I, I you know, with like asterisk, if you're using really, really powerful toys and you're using them consistently for a long time and maybe a way that a doctor wouldn't recommend. I'm sure that that is possible. But what we're talking about for like sort of, I would say like a a range of uses that most of us would probably consider like normal. I would no. you can become conditioned, right? So like in the same way that like, you know, if you go in to the gym and you use 10 pounds and then you use 10 pounds consistently for two months and then you move to 15 pounds like yes your body becomes conditioned right but that doesn't mean that you can't get the same quality workout with 10 pounds that you could with 15 does that you know what I'm saying like you can of course your body is going to acclimate to whatever you give it <laughs> and if it if, if that vibration or suction or whatever it is that that pinching 
dynamic, whatever that is that feels really good to you, um, your body becomes accustomed to and it feels really good, then of course your body might expect that, you know, on a regular basis. But it doesn't mean that after non-use, you wouldn't sort of reset, which is what my husband and I call old school sex, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to kick it old school. <laughs> like, well, that's a sex toy and you're like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> It's, it takes a little bit, like you say, it takes a little bit longer. And I, I, I don't like this. I think it's a myth when people say, or there's women who are like, it's not a real orgasm or I get desensitized if I use a, a vibrator. And I think that there's a lot of like some morality things in there that people are kind sure. of whispering in your ear around uh, what a real orgasm is. Um, but I like to say, you know, just switch it up, you know, every now and then use your hands every now and then flip over or go on your back or you know yes. try different positions different uh, kind and, of sex toy you know something yeah. less powerful or smaller or more powerful yeah you're it's like exactly what you said try it different ways don't always do the same thing so we have the wand we have the cowgirl and we have b-vibe what was the inspiration instead of putting it all under one of having these separate entities uh within the sex toy um your sex toy company because uh, they really, it allowed us to, number one, flexibly <laughs> market the brands in different ways because they do have different feelings intentionally, right? So B-Vibe is about toy brand. And some, you know, some folks who are buying in a retail store dynamic, like if you walk into a retail store, it might not really make a ton of sense for you to buy your butt toy products and then your wand kind of all under the same name, you know, like having the flexibility, having a brand that's really specific to butt toys and all of our marketing materials and all of our marketing campaigns and everything that's press related, everything on our website is super hyper-focused on butt sex and making sure butt sex is really great and, you know, really showing the flavor of Bevi um, versus a brand like Lawand that's a little bit more it, uh, the goal with that one is really lots of different types of materials, stainless steel, crystal, really high powerful wands. It's more of a top shelf vibrator and dildo brand. And that feels very different than B-Vibe. And Cowgirl is such a unique brand unto itself. And it is sort of a solo product brand. And it, again, allows us to focus all of our energy when we market that on just that one product. So if you didn't know the brands were connected, <laughs> which most folks don't, it is intentional. You know, it's just a, allows us to have its own social media channels and it allows us to market them even within retail store dynamics much more intelligently. I have a B-Vibe, which I love. I have a B-Vibe. I have a, um, a remote control one. That nice. It's a lot of Vibrate. fun. Vibrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It does all the things, and I'm obsessed with it. Um, and I also really love the the high end Lawan products. I have a really cute little pink one, of course, because pink everything. Yeah, uh, and it's just that so rose special. Gold is, yeah, winning. Is, is it the rose gold it's one? Timeless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I love it. I love it. The bullet is. I have a little bullet one. Yeah, so those are my favorite. In your purse, if it's perfectly in your, you know, little bag or whatever you're taking on your little hoe bag, I like to say with your with your yep. blue your vibrator, your condoms, <laughs> your exactly. whole thing. Your whole thing. <laughs> so you're bringing a lot of innovation to the space. Um, how are your toys unique from other, from other companies? Um, what are you guys creating? I mean, I think on a 
you know, sort of high level, all of our products work and function the way they're advertised. I know that sounds like a really basic thing to say, but a lot of items out there in the marketplace do not perform well. They um, market themselves as something they're not. So all of our products are third-party tested and certified body safe, according to California Proposition 65, which is the highest available standard in the United States. Um, so just from that level, they all actually work as advertised. And we have a very, very low defective rate. So less than 1%. So our items are high quality from, you know, the way that they're made, the way they perform. And then, you know, packaging. The packaging is, I mean, there's a lot of details that I think you wouldn't notice unless you took a step back and observed them. But the language is very inclusive and everything from the actual user manuals to the included. We have an educational guide in every product. Um, so again, like you might not notice it unless you're a person who's attuned to that, but it is very intentional to make the products as inclusive as they can be, um, for, you know, all genders and, and, you know, any type of sexual and any type of sexuality. And then on top of that, you know, we look at product categories within the marketplace where we see that there's not a market leader or it hasn't been, uh, innovated in a long time. Like butt toys to me, especially in 2015, was screaming for somebody to come in and like uplift the category because the way that products were designed, the way they were sold in stores, the way that there was so much, there was so much misinformation. Um, and we just like, I feel like we have just cleaned that up, you know, and now there's really a standard, you know, people really have much more of a standard. Even there's a lot of work we do that people don't see, which is education to retailers. Um, education to consumers, you know, teaching people, you know, how to have pleasurable and safe anal sex. And so like, that's just one way. And then, you know, we go into the wand category and we're like, okay, well, here's all of these, this room to grow in this category. And here are the complications that we see with wands, right? Like most of them are country specific. They don't have this, they don't do that. There's not a lot of wide range of uh, vibrational power. Like, all these, you know, like, so basically what we do is, like, as I said, we look at a category and we just like <laughs> basically pick out what we think it could, where the improvement is, is possible. And then all the other things that I just said about the design of the product, the performance, the way we market them into the channels, um, you know, I think that separates us pretty significantly than most other companies. I think a lot of other companies look at what people are doing and see that other people are doing something well, and then they copy that thing that somebody else is doing well. And we don't really ever copy something that somebody is doing well. You will never see that from us. You'll see that we're looking to innovate a space that we feel has room, you know, to grow and be better for everybody in our space. Absolutely. And, you know, it sounds, for the people listening to the podcast, they've heard this, this narrative many times, but this is not the normal. This is not the normal narrative. Uh, you've been in the game, like you said, for a few decades. Like It is not the standard that they keep community in mind or that they keep their consumers in mind or that they keep diversity, inclusivity in mind. And something I really appreciate about all of your um, 
all of your companies or your um, products on your companies is that you have a back end of community. Like the blog, yeah. you guys' blog is phenomenal. Everything from like what is pre-cum, um, what's a blended orgasm, you know, how do you have tantric sex? Like you have all of these yeah. incredible educational components to it that a lot of the other companies are lacking. It's not authentic and yours is so genuine. Thank you. Thank you. And it's a forever commitment, which is what the mm-hmm. other, you know, you might see somebody come out with, you know, an article or two, but ours is, it's there. And, it, you know, whenever there's a need or a desire, I mean, and just the consumer facing part of it is only one end. There's so much stuff on the back end. Also, like, I, you know, training manuals that we create for retailers. So it really, like I said earlier, it's built into the DNA of our company. And it's, just such a core part of who we are that the way our sales reps talk about products the way that they do trainings i think we're very different i don't you know i I like how like you said we're very focused on on our consumers experience and on building a community of people that maybe have thought one way about sex toys and now they think differently after their experience with us yeah i i absolutely love that and i was um talking with someone I was doing an interview on artificial intelligence and I was talking about sex toys and we were talking kind of about what is the future of AI and sex toys? Are we collecting data? Are we like, how are we using artificial intelligence to potentially improve our sex lives? How are we? Is that, is that a question? I'm like, oh, oh, you know, oh, I'm oh, scared. oh, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Either, know, either. I know more about that because the whole subject is, I don't know. It's one of those troubling things that I don't, yeah, I don't know the answer to. And and it all, it all kind of scares me, but maybe there's also no need. I don't know. Maybe we're like, you know, making AI, you know, sort of a, an enemy and it doesn't need to be. I'm not sure. I, or maybe we need to be more scared. I have no idea. That's the, the thing about AI. It's yeah, such an unknown. Any, any progression of technology can be scary. I just think about it as far as like education component goes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I interviewed someone called DM. It's a social search engine for women. And there's questions of like, how do I find a sex toy? And basically it compiles information from how other contributors have answered that question. And so right. I think like from an educational point, it could be really cool. And then I also have like this dream that like, we're going to have toys that like measure our vibrations and things that we like. And then it's going to like suggest new things or give us right. faithful that we like. And all because of the data. It's like that's a Yelp collected. for sex toys. Like yep. Personalized. Based on exactly. your experience. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or like, you know, this experience with a partner or you like this temperature or you like that yes. kind of thrust or you like that kind of that, that thing. I think that could be really cool for AI. That's a very cool idea. I think we need to be afraid. I think we need to be excited. I think that like with any evolution or any innovation, um, there's obviously going to be ways that it can be, be used in a harmful way. Um, but yeah. companies like yours that are so mission driven, so community driven is who I personally want to see leading this conversation and leading this movement um, around adopting these new technologies. But we'll talk, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely have been talking about it internally. Like how do we, like, are, can we, or is there an AI chat box, you know, extension that could be used on our website? Like those are mm-hmm. the things we were considering. Like can, instead of having to go and sort of search through all of these articles, is there a way somebody could come to our site and interact with something that's AI based that could deliver the information just that they're seeking, you know, yeah. in a more timely and efficient manner. So like that I think could be really cool. 
Yeah, and and that's super practical, and I, we see it we see it with other um, platforms as well. But like I said, you know, I think that it's companies like yours that we want to see leading the charge because it it can be scary, but with the right leadership, yeah. you know, and the right implications um, or implementing it the right way, it would be fantastic. Yeah. Yes, yes. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. Forget. Let's. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Right. Well, Alicia, um, I've enjoyed talking to you so much today. I'm wondering, you know, one thing that I wanted to ask, I like to ask everyone is what do you see the future of sex technology being? Hmm. I mean, I do think that the what we just talked about is it will be largely part of our future. I don't think it will be in the short term and, you know, like maybe within the next five years it's possible, but a way in which sex toys deliver more customized experiences. Um, and rather than having multiple different sex toys, maybe you'll have one that does many things. I think that could be, yeah, like something that can do more than, you know, has more functions within a single item, which would be more environmentally safe. Maybe there's options, like more like video game structure, you know, options for plugins of different, you know, new things that it can do. Like, I think that could be a really cool component. And also, I know that we may not refer to it as sex tech at the moment, or perhaps, but, you know, things that are more visually based that I think can be possibilities that are, again, about unique people's desires and fantasies and the ability to have them within a safe space, or at least live them out with a partner in an AI dynamic you know, or even just a, a virtual reality dynamic that, you know, you can't really do right now. You can do them through sort of like functions, remote control through toys, but you can't really have experiences with your partner um, virtually quite yet. So I think some of those yeah. things will will come into play in the future. I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, I, I like that because when I think about sex robots, people think it's like there's going to be this Westworld ex machina, like this humanoid right. thing walking around. And when I think of sex robots, I think about kind of what you said, where it's just like different compartments. Like it's, you know, maybe we have a thruster or maybe we have a vibrator or maybe we have, um, you know, like an oral sex clitoral stimulator. And it's all kind of matching into this one thing that isn't exactly a human um, or exactly a humanoid concept, but it it kind of can, um, it can kind of do a lot of things that as a normal human you can do. Um, yeah, it's just one, I mean, just one aspect. There are like versions of that, like if you will, you know, like the cowgirl. Like I don't want to say it's thing, but like it can rotate and it can vibrate and it can be turned on different sides, and you can have a threesome with it or like live. So there are like kind of like where you can use that as a a third partner. Right. You can in any case, like, you, know, you double penetration with that. So like you can start to use. But yeah, I think we're on the same path. I just don't know what that will like visually look like. <laughs> but I do think like, yeah, some of those things sort of elevating again, elevating experiences, making them much more customized will probably be what I see happening in the future. Yeah. And I, and I hope that uh, I hope we see that. I love that. And I think you guys will be the ones to do it. Well, Alicia, thanks so much for being with me today. Can you tell us uh, where we can find you, how we can follow you and support and engage? Sure. You can find our brands um, online, of course, but on Instagram is primarily Instagram and TikTok um, at bvibe underscore social, Luan Massager, and Ride the Cowgirl. Perfect. All right. 
That sounds great. Well, thanks for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Thought Leader Podcast, hosted by me, SX Noir. Please be sure to rate, review, and share with a fellow thought leader. For more details about our guests and their work, check out our links in the description. For updates, sign up for the newsletter on my Substack and follow at sx.noir on social media. This episode's recorded by Pedro Martin and edited by Ider Armez. As always, be thoughtful.